people. My name is Kristen and this is Wellness for the Hot Mess. Hi and welcome. I know we have gone to the every other episode every other week, um, but I miss you guys. I miss coming on here every week. I have to admit though it has been very nice on my end to only put out an episode every other week because I am just so busy with everything going on in life right now. Um, Oh, that was my dog in the background picking up a bone. I'm telling you, dogs know when they need to be quiet. It's like they'll be quiet all afternoon, and then the moment you sit down to do something that involves quiet, they get up and they start being loud. So he just brought his bone right by my feet, and he's chewing on it. So if you hear that, that's what that is. <laughs> but a little update, I guess, on my life since it's been a minute. I feel like I am – okay, you know when you go through those – shifts in your life where you're crazy busy and you kind of feel like you're drowning a little bit. And then you get that moment to kind of come up to the surface and catch a breath of air. And then you're back down under and you're under that wave and you're drowning again. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I will say though, I am enjoying every second of being this crazy busy. I've got a lot going on. Um, I'm actually in school again. I am a full-time student as well as working full-time and living in a city as a young woman, attempting to have a social life on top of all of this. It's just a lot going on. And I think today, this morning is one of those moments where I finally have that minute to kind of come up to the surface and grab a breath of fresh air. And it it does feel good though. I will admit, like, I know I have moments, I've had moments before where being busy didn't feel good, but this time it feels good. So I'm really excited. I'm excited for summer. It has been so cold here in Chicago, like insanely cold for May. I woke up this morning and I had to put on a hat and my parka to walk my dog. So it's been cold here. I'm hoping for a turnaround this week because I just want the warm weather. I want to be able to sit out on my balcony in my new apartment. That's another update. If you weren't aware, I moved in April. (laughs) So just a lot going on. But I have a cute little balcony with some furniture out there and some flowers and plants. So I want to sit out on my balcony in the summer, have a glass of wine, maybe read a nice book. So I'm excited for summer. But yeah, I think this is just like one of those seasons that I'm going to look back on and be really proud of myself for, but also really happy with all that I've accomplished. I used to have just like huge FOMO where if I was doing too much professionally, I felt like I was lacking socially. Or if I was doing so much too much in my social life, I felt like I was lacking professionally. But right now I really do feel like I have a good balance of both, even though I feel like I'm going nonstop. So We'll see how long this lasts until I completely burn out. No, I'm just kidding. I hope that doesn't happen. Um, But yeah, that's just a little update on my end. Like I said, Wellness for the Hot Mess is every other week just for my own perseverance and sanity. I don't know if I could put out an episode every week with my schedule right now, but hopefully sometime in the future that changes. So I hope you are having an amazing, wonderful, beautiful week. This is just like 
the warm weather coming and things opening back up. You know, it's crazy that we've been in this pandemic for over a year now, but it seems like this summer is kind of what we've all been waiting for. So this is nothing but good energy and good vibes coming our way. So I hope you feel that too. Speaking of good energy and good vibes, I have a really awesome, incredible guest on this week's episode. Alex and I met in a business course. I've had a few other friends on the show before that we've met in the same course, but Alex and I met in a business course last summer. She is absolutely incredible, amazing. Her energy is so uplifting and positive. And what I love about Alex is she's real. Like she is super real. She's super raw. She tells it how it is. The conversation we have today is all about the diet industry and body confidence because she is a confidence coach and speaker. Um, and if you don't, if you're not, if you don't follow her on Instagram, go find her. It's Alex underscore cats. Her page is so inspirational and motivating and it helps build my confidence. So she's a great follow, but we talk about everything from the diet culture to building confidence, having confidence. And like I said, I love Alex cause she's so real. She doesn't spit BS. Like she will tell us all about the diet industry, the diet culture, how it started, what she feels about it. And I really love how passionate she is about what she does. She really is someone that I could sit to and listen to forever. And, you know, I think what's really cool about podcasts is you don't have to have the same opinion or same view as your guest. You know, the people listening don't even have to have the same opinion or view as me, but that's kind of what the nice thing is about podcasts is learning more about other people and hearing, you know, their perspective and their opinion on things. So I really enjoy listening to Alex because I just learn so much from her every time. And she really is someone who is uplifting and is just, again, so real. And I love that about her. So without further ado, happy Thursday. I hope you have a wonderful, beautiful weekend. I hope maybe you get some sunshine where you are and some warm weather and that you just have a really relaxing time. So let's get into this week's episode of Wellness for the Hot Mess with my girl, Alex Katz. Okay, Alex, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Wellness for the Hot Mess. How are you doing on this fine Tuesday Eve? I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You're so welcome. I'm so excited. So a little backstory between Alex and I, we met in a business course um, and she came in my Embody Method group course and did a little coaching with my girls and vice versa. And I'm like obsessed with Alex. So, and I'm obsessed with her message. So I knew I had to have her on. So before we get into like any of the juicy stuff, give the people a little backstory. Tell us about you, how you got into the wellness space. I want to hear it all. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah, I'm obsessed with you too. So this is awesome. When you said you started a podcast, I was like, please. <laughs> right. But yeah, so I'm I'm really glad that we were able to connect. I'm all over the place in terms of how I got into the wellness space, honestly. So my background's actually in psychology. I went to school for psychology, but I've been in the fitness space for just as long, uh, basically because, well, one, fitness is everywhere, right? Fitness is our entire lives. But Two, I think a lot of my own personal experience really pushed me into wanting to help other people. So when I was in college, I actually broke my back. I've broken my back mm. twice. Oh my god! Right? <laughs> and I grew up dealing with, uh, with scoliosis and kyphosis and all these other back issues. And then at the same time, while this was going on, I also was struggling with multiple eating disorders in college. And so at the time, I didn't realize how those things were linked, and now we know, right? right? Yeah. But basically resulted in me spending many years in and out of physical therapy. And in that process, I really shifted my focus and started to think about 
what I was putting in my body in terms of my health and not so much, you know, how I looked and thinking about, okay, how can I become this unbreakable version of myself? Because I literally broke twice, right? Mm. So that's really where I started with getting into fitness. And then just over the years, really dealing with adrenal fatigue and then unexplained nerve issues and other health things, I was just like, okay, I want to learn everything there is to learn about the human body because I think it's so cool if you know what you're doing, right? It's like a giant puzzle. And I feel like sometimes we feel like we're missing half the pieces. So I've just been obsessed with trying to figure everything out ever since. Whoa. I really like that analogy that we're just trying to find the pieces because it's so true. It's like all about finding that balance. And once you find the pieces and it works, it's literally like completing a puzzle. So that's amazing. So what do you do now? What do you tell people is like your profession? How do you introduce yourself? Yeah, good question. So I do two things. So on the one hand, I work with high schoolers in foster care and college students experiencing homelessness because that's something I care a lot about Mm -hmm. and also has a lot to do with my past. On the other hand, I'm also running my own business full time. So actually one of the benefits of the pandemic for me was being able to really step into entrepreneur Alex. And I created a, a, program mind body breakthrough that you know you were able to guest coach for which is awesome and really tried to help women with what they were struggling with in quarantine uh in terms of their bodies and relationship with food and just becoming really strong and so I'm really I'm doing that I'm doing personal training virtually and just helping as many people as I can to ditch the diet and embrace holistic health I love that. What do you mean by ditch the diet? Because I know so many people like are like, wait, what? This is supposed to be like a wellness podcast. Don't you do diets? Don't you like restrict your eating? <laughs> what do you mean when you say like literally ditch the diet? Because that probably freaks so many people out. Yes, literally ditch the diet. Yeah. So the diet industry is a $78 billion industry, right? And it really only exists based on telling us that we have a problem that we probably don't have in the first place and that they're the only ones that can offer a solution. But like the puzzle, the solution's missing a bunch of pieces and it doesn't Mm -hmm. actually work. And that's intentional. It's like diet culture just chucked a bunch of pieces out the window because they want the solution to not work so that you come back for something else. So everything like, you know, and, and I say this, but I say that with the lens of if there's something that is working for you, right? And and me with autoimmune conditions, I've had to follow like an autoimmune diet, right? The way that you eat is a diet. So I'm not, I'm not knocking those things. But on the other hand, I am very ditch the diet because with the diet industry, right? Everything is designed to basically be repackaged with a shiny new bow. You know, people did Atkins however many years ago, and then they were like, oh, wait, this doesn't work. I have health concerns now because of this. And diet diet culture was like, don't worry, we have this new thing. Have you tried, you know, whatever, Noom, right? And they just repackage it with a shiny new bow. And so what you see is that when you follow something that causes you to restrict, there's only so long that that's sustainable until you end up then going into this binge cycle, right? And now it's like, okay, I'm binging. So the solution must be more restricting, right? No, 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 never, right? But so it kind of puts you on this hamster wheel. And, you know, so for me, when I was in college, I went through, you know, bulimia and sort of anorexia, orthorexia, which I didn't even know that was a thing at the time, right? So that's when you're, you're really into, for anyone listening who doesn't know, it's like, 
the quality of the ingredients, right? And, and foods being good or bad and, and it controlling everything about your life. And, you know, and so at that point I thought I was just being quote unquote healthy. I thought that's like what you were supposed to do. And then at one point I was bodybuilding and I was counting macros, right? And I thought, you know, that was the diet that I followed and, you know, really destroyed my health in the process. Like I looked quote unquote great according to everybody else, but my health was garbage. My relationship was, I'm not going to say it was garbage. It was good, but, you know, <laughs> but I think that, you know, even, even um, the, the guy that I'm still with now, cause we've been together for almost 10 years. He remembers uh-huh. when we went out on a date and we went to Chipotle and I'm like, tracking my macros into my fitness pal and he's over here like hey hi I like you and I'm like yes but does this fit my macros right so yeah so yeah. I yeah I just all of it really just forced me to look at okay how do these things fit my holistic long-term health you know and what what am I doing because I think I should what am I doing because I want to look a certain way what am I doing because I lack information because that's another big one I see right Uh, Right. and what am I actually doing because I care about the long-term health of my body and how you look and how healthy you are are not the same thing like I just want to be really clear about that absolutely yeah do you still use my fitness pal by the way Oh God, no. <laughs> okay, good. Cause I was about to drop a hard fuck my fitness pal. I literally hate that app with my entire soul. That thing sucked me into it when I was in high school. And I just remember being like, literally like that, like, and I went to a Catholic high school, so we couldn't have cell phones out. I would mm. sneak my phone out to put in freaking calories when I was in high school. And I was oh like, gosh. what the hell am I doing? Mm. Like I would eat a soft pretzel at lunch and like lose my shit for the rest of the day. Mm. And I was like, this is insane. I'm literally 16 years old tracking calories on an app. It's ridiculous. I hate my fitness pal. <laughs> yeah. And Sorry I, I, for anyone out there who likes it. <laughs> no, I totally, I totally feel you on that. It becomes addicting, right? And that's yeah. how these platforms work. It's almost like social media where it becomes yeah. addicting and you have to do it and you don't know how to get off. And I think the other thing is with diets, they're just, they look so different, right? So, so with the orthorexia, nobody would have thought that that was a problem, right? Because it's like, oh, you're eating healthy. That's good. Look at you. You're so good, right? And you think about things like like calories. I never counted calories. I was never a calorie counter in my life. And I thought that made me different. I thought mm. that meant I was fine and I was far from fine. Uh, yeah. You know, so I think that these things are, they're addicting, they're dangerous. People spend so much money on them. And then when it doesn't work, they come up with some excuse for why it didn't work so they can try the next thing versus, you know, people like us, we have holistic programs that are really helping people focus on holistic health, not have to be on these yo-yo diets anymore and and just really figuring out, okay, who are you and who do you want to be outside of how you look and, you know, sustainable solutions. And people just want the quick fix. We're so conditioned for instant gratification that even when, you know, I know that our programs get results, I know we change lives, but then even just talking to people about it, it's like, well, I've tried keto and I've tried Noom and I've tried this. And then I, I lost 20 pounds in two weeks and it was awesome. And then I gained it all back. So why should I trust you? It's like, because we're anti-diet culture. Like we are the exact opposite. We're trying to help you get back to where you were before diet culture told you what you should be doing and it didn't work. Right. That's kind of like getting back in alignment with your own purpose, which brings me to my next point, because when Alex came and guested in my program, everything you talked about from body confidence to the diet culture, all of it, I was obsessed with. So I was like, how can we narrow down 
what we're going to talk about in a 45 minute podcast because we could go on for hours. And Alex mentioned, she talks about this topic called shred the should. And I was so intrigued by this. So tell us about shred the should. I also love that name. Thanks. I should probably trademark it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, But speaking of should, right. So I talk a lot about the word should and how it's my most hated word in the English language. Honestly, there's, there's a couple, but it's up there because I think that this idea of the word should and the things we should be doing ends up being the reason why we feel really bad about ourselves and we don't end up living in alignment with our purpose or do the things that we actually want to do. Um, So you see that a lot with diet culture, for example, right? It's almost trendy, like to talk about how much we hate our bodies, to talk about the new diet that we're on. It's like, if you don't do that, oh my gosh, my coworker is joking about the COVID-19. I'm just like, I can't, I can't right now. Right. And and so, but if you don't do that, then you kind of are separated, right? You're, you're other. They, didn't, they don't know how to handle that if you don't also commiserate. So, uh, you know, I think this idea of should, it's either like I should be doing something because everyone else is doing it. I should be doing something because everyone else is telling me to do it. I should be doing it because it looks like everyone else is doing it. And we lose track of what is it that you actually want to be doing? What actually is in alignment with you and your values? You know, I always say to my clients, if the world froze tomorrow, like just ice age part, whatever, right? The world froze and nobody else was around. How would your decisions change? What would you do differently if nobody was around to judge it? Whoa, I love that. And I'm going to think about that one for sure. Wow. Why do you think it is that we lose sight of our own purpose? Like, why do we care what society wants to think? And I think everyone has their own answer for that. But what do you tell your girls? Why the hell do we care what anyone thinks about what we should or shouldn't do? I think we're conditioned from such a young age to want external validation, right? So you think about it from even really, really little, you want your parents to tell you that they love you and you did a good job and you did a good thing, right? If you don't do a good thing, then you're grounded or whatever the consequences, right? And then we're in school and we're getting praise from a teacher. We're getting, you know, stars and stickers on our paper. It's like, here, good job. And then even just wanting to fit in with with friends, you know, part of this whole shred the should talk that I do and thinking about body image specifically is thinking back to high school. And I don't know what was trendy for you when you were in high school, but for us, it was the the Ugg boots, the oh, North Face backpack. You remember the yoga, the yoga pants, yes. the Ugg boots. That made me insecure to wear yoga pants for years after. I didn't want anybody looking at my butt after that. <laughs> right? Yeah, but, but thinking about it, though, it's like the North Face, all the North Face things, all the Ugg things. And then if you don't have that, you know, I think our high school was classified kind of into you have all the things, you're kind of this top tier, bottom tier is people who wear sneakers with jeans. I still remember mm-hmm. that. And the middle tier is like, you probably wear sneakers with jeans and maybe also own a North Face. So, right. you know, it's it, thinking about that. We think that if people don't like us, it's because of we're lacking something like we're lacking this, this look, right? And this is how you should dress. This is how you should act for social acceptance. And even down to, you know, the things that we do as women, especially, I put a poll up at the beginning of quarantine or middle of quarantine because people were saying, oh my gosh, I've let myself go. Hmm. And I asked, what do you mean by that? And it was, well, I'm not wearing makeup. I haven't shaved. You know, I haven't done my eyebrows. And I'm like, interesting, but <laughs> it sounds like a normal Tuesday night for me, but okay. <laughs> Same, literally, literally. I'm like, who says you have to do these things? Who says you should be doing these things? And so, you know, I, I said, to the, to the same people, I put up a poll and I said, 
how many of you are doing these things because you feel like you should versus this is something you really actually want to do. Like the feeling of hair on your legs just grosses you out. Right. Right. And it was like 95% of people said that they were doing these things because they felt like they should, because we've been conditioned from such a young age to say, these are the things you should do to be accepted. Wow. Yeah. I, that's, so mind-blowing to me and now the shred the should just makes so much sense what you're saying about what we feel like we should be doing it's so crazy like how did you even find that for yourself what made you come to the realization that like I am doing all these things I think I should be doing and I don't even enjoy doing them yeah it's interesting I think that I've reached different points of this at different points in my life Uh, I had an ex tell me once, he, and so with, I, I do shave my legs, but I don't do it consistently. Um, I'm like a summer shaver. And then in the winter, it's like, this is extra warmth, right? Yeah. Why pay for pants when we can just have hair for free? Right. Literally. Exactly. So, but I had an ex once uh, ask me to shave my legs and I was like, you know what? I'll shave mine when you shave yours. <laughs> and for anyone who can't see, my jaw just dropped when she said that, by the way. <laughs> he told you that? Oh, yeah. No, it was like you – I wore yoga pants all the time, and I've always been just very athletic, and it was like you need to, quote, unquote, dress more like a girl. You need to wear makeup. You need to do these oh, things. God. Yeah, and I think that was, for me, at this point, I used to struggle so much with self-confidence at this point. Yeah. Yeah. This was mid-college. Uh, I'm completely estranged from my family. So I had literally no family. I felt like I had no friends. I felt like I was trying so hard to fit in and it still wasn't working. And then all I had was this relationship. And then he told me that. And I was just, I really started to question like, okay, what are the things that I'm doing? Cause I want so badly to fit in versus things that I'm doing because I care about them and, and really went on this journey to find confidence and self-love from the inside, because I realized, and this is what I tell my clients, you know, when you're trying to change things externally to also get that external validation, it doesn't change who you are on the inside. People think that they have to achieve the body that they want and then they'll like their body and we know it doesn't work that way. So, uh, you know, when he said that, that was kind of my wake up moment to be like, hold on, what are you, what are you doing? Are you actually going to change everything about yourself for other people to like you? Because if they don't like you, if, you know, if they only like you for this fake external version of yourself that they see, then you're really hiding who you actually are all the time. And it's exhausting. I was doing that and it was exhausting. And I was just tired of being tired. Yeah. And then you just get further and further away from you. It's like, Mm -hmm. I talked about this on the last episode, my first episode. It's like, we just get so far away from our authentic self. And that's why I started this podcast because I can help any girl like avoid going through those messes of literally trying to change everything about you to please someone else or to just try to please yourself on the inside. It's so not about the external. And it's Mm -hmm. so unfortunate that we live in a society of social media where it is about validation and it is about the external. So that's why, I mean, I'm here. That's why you're here. That's why we do what we do to try to change that because I feel like mental health and body confidence go absolutely hand in hand and people kind of separate the two. So if someone were to come to you and have zero confidence in the world, what would you say to them? Like, cause you obviously then turn to their mental health and try to work on that. So how do you handle, you know, clients or people or yourself when they're struggling with just solely body confidence? Yeah, that's a big one for sure. Yeah. Because I yeah. think we're so conditioned to want to hate pieces of ourselves and right. The way our brains work, it's like, you could have 
five million people say, I love your nose. And then one person's going to say, I hate your nose. It's so big. And that's what you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Right. So yeah, that is wild that you say that because the first thing that popped into my mind when you started talking was my nose. That's the one thing that I'm so insecure about every other day. I say, I want a nose job. I've wanted one since I was in like grade school because a boy, and I'm not going to name his name because I still know him and he's in my life on the recess yard in school told me that he asked if I, I'm not even going to say what he said. It was pretty messed up, but it was all a joke about my big nose. And since then, fourth grade, I have had this idea in the back of my head that now I need to get a nose job. And I am 25 years old and there's days where I like my nose and there's days where I'm like, I want to pay for a freaking nose job. So it's crazy how it messes with us mentally. Yeah. And I mean, I could tell you, I love your nose. I think it's awesome. Oh, as as a you. fellow, as a fellow former <laughs> nose hater, I'm like, your nose is great, but it's not going to matter how many people say they like your nose. Right. Because right. boy who must not be named made that comment that one time. Yeah. So, yeah. Of uh, course. So what would you say to me then? Like, how can I start taking steps to just liking my freaking nose again? Cause it's so programmed in me to not be so insecure about it. How can we reverse that with our mindset? Yeah. I think there's so many steps and I think the nose is a very specific example. And then I'll give other non-nose steps. But I, I also hated my nose for a really long time. I used to want a nose job. Uh, and I really had to reframe how I feel about that. you know. And, and so one, if it's comments that other people are making, really think about who these people are and why do they deserve that much mental energy? Why do they deserve that much brain space in your life? Right? That that one comment in fourth grade. And, and so then the other thing I would say is thinking about your body in terms of what it actually can do for you. So, you know, it, body love is a stretch sometimes for people when they've grown yeah. up really hating it. And so, yeah. so I think about my nose and how amazing my sense of smell is. Uh, my partner makes fun of me all the time because he could, he could light a candle upstairs and I would be two blocks away and I would smell it. So, <laughs> you cool. know, Yeah. And so like evolutionarily speaking, my nose is great. If somebody were to poison my food ever, I'd be able to sniff it out in two seconds, right? (laughs) Like it's, it's got amazing purpose and it's unique, right? It's my nose. It's got a lot of my heritage in it. You know, I'm some sort of Jewish mix of something. I don't know what my heritage is, right? But I know that I had family who went through the Holocaust. So I've looked at it in terms of, okay, this is demonstrating that piece of my heritage that I'm really proud of. It, you know, it makes me unique. Why do I want my nose to look like everybody else's nose? That's boring, right? Yeah, that's kind of how I grew into loving it and loving parts of my body is everybody now is trying to look the same. It's crazy. Everybody wants to look like Bella Hadid. She's dropped dead gorgeous, but it's like everybody wants to look the same now. So it's so amazing when you can stand out and be different. And here's the other thing along those lines. So the other piece about body trends, they literally go in and out of style like fashion trends. So do you remember yeah. like, what was it, 10 years ago? We're almost the same age. So 10 years ago when really thin eyebrows were in and like- Yeah, now my I, eyebrows are screwed for life because I yes, plucked the shit out of them. That's what I was going to say, right? Like <laughs> everyone I talk to, they're just like, oh my gosh, my eyebrows won't go back. But I was made fun of for my thick eyebrows 10 years ago. They, they are naturally this thick. And so now yeah. everybody's over here just trying to look like me, right? Forget Bella. <laughs> they're, trying to, they're trying to get like this, this eyebrow <laughs> complexion here. But, you know, and so thick eyebrows are in. And even the other day, one of my clients sent me, um, I guess, drawing bags under your eyes now oh, is in. 
freckle pens are in. I've always had freckles. That was another thing. I've always had freckles. I was made fun of for that as a kid too, because I didn't have quote unquote clear skin. Right. And so just acknowledging that these pieces of your body that you're insecure about literally are going to cycle like fashion trends. And even just in terms of, you know, body types, right. Thinking about when we were growing up and it's the friends era and you have like Phoebe and Rachel on friends and you can turn them around and they're so thin, you can, they just disappear. Right. And now we've got the, the thick with three C's body type <laughs> that's in and, and big butts. And you want to know what's crazy. I think I did this for, for your group. We talked about this. Uh, you can actually buy anti-cellulite ruched push-up shorts on Amazon for 20 bucks. So you don't even need, you know, to, to work hard and grow a strong functional butt that's going to help you not be, you know, in pain when you're older because your butt's right. going to keep your back safe. You don't right. need to do that. You can just literally buy a big butt on Amazon for 20 bucks, <laughs> oh you know? Oh, this is like insane, but it all comes back to self-love, self-confidence, body confidence, working on yourself, which at the end of the day goes hand in hand with boundaries and, you know, setting boundaries with others. And I think we're so scared to talk or speak up and tell people like, I don't want to look like everyone else. Why are we so scared of, why are we so scared to set boundaries? I think it's personally because we're scared others will judge us. Like, honestly, I feel like I let people walk all over me sometimes why are we so afraid to set boundaries when it comes to our own mental health and our own body confidence? Yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, it depends so much on how you were conditioned, honestly, right? Because every experience that we have in our lives is really just conditioning. So if anyone listening is not familiar with conditioning, think about how you train a dog. We're just really smart dogs, right? So you want a dog to sit and you've got treats and you say, good dog and right. And our brains work the same way. So if you were younger and you were taught that it's not safe for you to set boundaries, let's say, you know, you're at home being able to close your bedroom door. That's a boundary. So if your parents are like, no, you can't do that. You're literally taught that you don't have that boundary. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if you're with friends and you're afraid that they're going to judge you, they're not going to like you anymore. How often did we as kids use the excuse of, oh, I can't come over. My mom said I can't go, right? When in reality, like we just really didn't want to go, but we were so afraid to say no. And when it's so easy to blame somebody else from such a young age, that's what we become conditioned to do. So we're always looking for that escape so that it's not, you know, well, I said no, so now they're not going to like me anymore and I'm not going to have any friends. Right, right. Yeah, it's crazy how all of that just comes back to us when we're older. It's insane. Mm -hmm. What do you do for days when you're just like really not feeling it? Because you are a body confidence coach, essentially. What are what do you do for the days when you are just not feeling hot and you feel like crap? I feel hot all the time. No, I'm <laughs> um, honestly, I really don't think about my body and how it looks anymore because I've spent so much time working on the self-love and the confidence and even the boundaries. That's Honestly, boundaries are the biggest thing that I work on with clients to help them reach any of their goals. Because just going back to that for for a hot second, I think that we become so afraid to do that. A lot of us grow up people pleasing, whether that's parents or friends or whatever. But then you look at the things that you need for your mental health, like whether that's taking a break, doing a workout, you know, just making time to prepare food, whatever that is. And we don't do it, especially in quarantine when there's literally, I I sleep and I work and I coach and I do all the things within five feet of each other, right? And so it takes a lot of discipline to be like, 
no, I'm shutting off the computer. I'm doing this. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to really put myself first because we're so used to putting everybody else first. So honestly, I think that by setting those boundaries with myself, uh, that's done a lot for my confidence and my body confidence. So the way I use boundaries in terms of body confidence too is thinking about what I call hero and villain thoughts. So yes, and I know I've talked to you about these and I love them. I, I want to share. Yes. Yeah, I'm obsessed with these. Please share. So if you've heard of limiting beliefs and affirmations before, this is similar, but I think it's cooler because who doesn't love superheroes? <laughs> and this is what happens when you work with high schoolers is I came up with this analogy. So basically all these things like this, you know, boy who must not be named from fourth grade, all the things that people say, all the messages we get from society that tell us we're not good enough. And that could be your body. That could be, you know, you're, I see this a lot with clients too. You're the age where you quote unquote should be having kids or you should be buying a house or you should be somewhere else in your career. All these shoulds turn into super villain thoughts. I'm not even going to say super. They're just villain thoughts, right? Yeah, and yeah. They, they basically keep you playing small because they tell you you're not good enough and why even try. And you think about any superhero movie, right? There's always going to be a villain. But there's also always a superhero to fight it. And so what I do and what I have clients do is develop really strong superhero thoughts. So for every villain, there's a hero to fight it. And so if it's something about your body and you're having like a bad body image day, you can look at it and say, okay, well, what is my hero thought right in this moment? So, you know, you're looking in the mirror and you're like, I don't like my nose. And your hero thought is going to be like, my nose is amazing. It's the most powerful nose in all the lands. And, you know, or, or it could be something else entirely because we're so much more than how we look, honestly. And I just stopped focusing on how I look because I focus on how can I perform? Like, how strong am I? I focus on who I am as a person, the value that I'm providing to clients and, the value I'm providing to the world, the impact I'm having on the world in general. And those are my hero powers. Those are my thoughts because ultimately like see me, don't see me, the things that I say, I think I told you, I show up to every uh, group coaching call without makeup on. I don't do makeup because, and it doesn't matter if I have a face full of acne, I do not care because I want people to see who I am as the authentic me and how I look doesn't change that. And so if you're going to, judge my message differently based on how I look. That's on you. That's not on me. I'm not going to change, you know, who I am. And so I, I hold really firm in that. And so that's why I don't think about my body anymore because I'm so much more than my body and I focus on those things. That's probably so terrifying for any young girl to hear. Like you saying, I don't even show up with makeup on anymore. I don't even care if I have a face full of acne. Like I'm just picturing high school Kristen and I was on Accutane twice in high school I had shit skin and it was so embarrassing and it was something I was so insecure about. And I look back on photos and I think back on memories and I'm like, I missed out on so many cool things because I cared about my goddamn skin, mm -hmm. which eventually cleared up and everything's fine. And I haven't had a pimple in a really long time and that's great, but it doesn't matter. Like I missed out on so many cool things that I wish I could go back and change because I had acne, like how silly that is. So like, it's almost, I wish I could shake my young self and tell her the supervillain or the villain and the superhero thought thing because that's so awesome and it's going to help so many people what are some things that you wish you could tell Alex like five ten years ago yeah good question it's funny because I do still struggle with acne and I think that as as kids as women in general we're taught 
to take up less space. Like, right. The should for us is that our worth is so dictated by how we look that we it's, you know, be seen, not heard. And I think that I would tell younger Alex to spend less time hiding who I actually was, you know, not just in terms of how I look. I think that was a huge part of it. I was trying so hard to fit in. I really struggled with friendships as a kid, like really struggled. And it had nothing to do with how I looked. It had everything to do with the fact that like, I was growing up in an abusive household. And when I went to school, that was a reflection. The way that I acted was a reflection of that. So I felt like people didn't like me. It had nothing to do with how I looked. It had everything to do with how I saw myself, right? Um, I struggled with letting people in because I was hiding who I was. Again, it had nothing to do with how I looked. It was just that they didn't know the real me, so they couldn't like me. I was just so shy, you know? Uh, And so when we think about how we feel about our bodies, it's like you are so much more than your body. And also you're so much more than the things that you've been through. You don't need to hide who you are. I think that everyone's story is theirs to share, whether or not they want to share it. You know, that's, that's, you're the author. It's, it's up to you. But I think that one of the things I really encourage in my kids and my students is getting to this place of, if you're not sharing, it's not because you're ashamed, you know, it's just getting rid of the shame and stigma around talking about mental health, about talking about our experiences. Cause the more we talk about them, the better we feel because the more we realize we're not alone. And that's why I created the group coaching program is because there's all these women in this group saying, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one mm-hmm. because I do think, you know, especially social media, it's this curated platform where you don't know what's real and what's not and what's filtered and are they wearing makeup or do they have cellulite or did they just buy anti-cellulite shorts? You know, who actually knows? So I'm always just trying to show up as the most authentic version of myself because I think that younger me needed that and I'm trying to be that for other people. Yeah, that's amazing. And I hope people listen to this and like really listen because when you do see somebody with pimples or cellulite on your feed or someone sharing their story, that's when we stop and we're like, whoa, I love that person. I have so much respect for them. Wow. It's when it's all the same and we just scroll through the same old thing we're like, okay, we're just fitting into some mold. But when someone does stand out, it's like, wow, I want to be like that person. So start to think, I feel like what, I, what I'm taking away from this conversation, I'm learning so much is like when I start to compare or feel like I have imposter syndrome or hating my nose, all of those little things, like why would I want to fit into the mold? Because when I scroll, I just keep passing the people that look the same. I don't really stop and listen. But when I see something that stands out, someone who's authentic, who's unique, that's when I stop. And I'm like, whoa, I want to be like that person. I want to have that confidence. So it's all about just really registering that we don't have to be the same. We don't have to fit in. We don't all have to look the same because when you step into your most authentic self, I swear that's when good just starts to flow and it's like the best feeling ever. So what is some like good do you think that's kind of come your way since you've really stepped into just being Alex? Oh my gosh, so many things, you know, and I, meeting you is one of them. And I, you know, I, I think too, think about just the nose example, right? So you're impacting so many people with this podcast. You impact so many people with your program and and SoulCycle and all the things, right? And you could literally, especially with COVID and wearing a mask, like nobody really knows what half your face looks like. That is true. I hide my nose every day. (laughs) (laughs) Right? But that doesn't impact the quality of your coaching or this podcast, right? No matter what your nose actually looks like, you could change it, you cannot change it. And so if we can learn to change how we feel about ourselves from the inside, then I really think that it's that natural energy and confidence that comes from changing ourselves on the inside that then, you know, is able to attract the things that we want in life, the relationships we want to have. So, 
you know, I think for me, really on this confidence journey, it was, it was putting myself out there, being my authentic self, starting my business, you know, talking about the shoulds. I had so many people tell me it was a horrible idea because I needed quote unquote, like a stable paycheck and benefits and salary. But when I had my stable paycheck and I was, I was afraid to leave for forever. You know, I think taking the the leap and doing the business coaching program with you and, and all of that, that was not something old, less confident Alex would have done. And I think I listened to everyone else's should saying, no, you need the stability. But for me, that stability was also working three other jobs in addition to my full-time job, because the, the only stability I knew I was going to have was, or the consistency I was going to have was consistently not being able to pay my bills on that one check. So I was working, you know, since college, I basically worked 80 hours a week ever mm-hmm. since I graduated in 2014, you know, and I was falling asleep in parking lots. I had adrenal fatigue. I was sick all the time, even a year ago before the pandemic. And I just had to say, you know what? Enough is enough. I need to do something. And yeah, these people are mentors, but their should and my should is not the same should. So I think for me, the first thing was taking the leap, starting my business. I've been able to impact so many lives and I'm so grateful for that. Um, You know, I, I think with Ninja Warrior, same thing, putting myself out there, applying for the show. I didn't apply this year. Um, I got called last year and and didn't compete because of COVID. And then this year I didn't apply. And it's the same idea. I think we base so much of our worth as athletes on competition. And especially with Ninja, it's like, were you on the show? Were you not? Did people see you? And so I made the decision this year not to apply. I actually had a massage therapist tear my hamstring and my calf two years ago. And I had, yeah. And I had some nerve damage I didn't know about from that. So I'm, I'm healing that. And I said, you know what? I'm not applying. This doesn't make me any less of an athlete. I'm still, you know, the same athlete. I'm going to just shift my focus. And that's allowed so many amazing things to come into my life. Um, you know, I was able to actually start a Ninja Warrior mentoring program during COVID, wow. which I had from all the extra time from not training for the show all the time. And, you know, thinking about body confidence, how much time and energy do we actually waste with constantly worrying about if we look good enough, you know, doing our makeup, getting ready. And it's like the second you get rid of all of that, you'd be so surprised, not only how much physical time, but actual mental brain space and energy you have to conquer other things in the world. And I'm just putting myself out there going on podcasts. I'm doing public speaking. I'm coaching. I'm doing so many things that I probably never would have done if I'd spent all my mental energy being like, oh my gosh, what do I wear? Oh, I love that. And we are in no way saying like, don't get ready anymore. Don't do your makeup. Yeah, for sure. But it's just like the space it takes up when that consumes your all day, everyday thought. It's just so unnecessary. It's the why, right? Like I know a lot of people who feel really empowered by makeup. It's, you know, artistic expression. It's fun. Awesome. I, and I am by no means saying don't do that. Like you should dress. Here's the should you should. The only should is that you should do whatever feels best for you. But I always bring it back to the why. Like, are you doing this because you are scared to be seen in public? If you don't, you know, are you doing this because you're afraid of what others will think? Or are you doing this because this is just really in alignment with who you are and the things you like? And, you know, if you like makeup, if you like dressing up, if you like shaving, if shaving is like your favorite thing to do every week, go ahead and shave. I'm totally not saying not to do that. But I see so many people, especially in relationships where they're like, oh, I have to do this or they're going to leave. If my body changes or if I don't shave my legs, I'm going to lose this person. And I was that person. And honestly, mm-hmm. when they told me this, I 
not going to lie, I put on a pair of heels and I went for a run around the track in a pair of heels because I was, I was really trying to oh figure my gosh. out, this was, I don't know, I was trying to figure out who I was. I was, yeah. you know, because I was, I was a track athlete. That's my favorite thing is running. I've always been, you know, like that. And they're like, no, this, you can't look like this. You can't do these things. And I was just like, well, I'm going to have the best of both worlds. I was pissed because I was really trying to figure this out. This person was the only thing I had in my entire life, the only person. And I felt like, I needed to change for them to accept me so that I could still be there, have a place to live, all these things. But then inner me was like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't let go. You like this part of yourself. Don't change it for them. They're the problem, not you. Somebody who really cares about you and your authentic self should not be asking you to change, especially things that are so, you know, exterior. I'd understand if it was something like a really destructive behavior I had, something that was a risk for one of us. But you know, it's like shave your legs or we can't be together, like wear heels and dresses and we can't be together. Yeah. So that was inner me saying, no, 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 listen, this isn't okay. And so I I did that and took a while to thought to think about it. And then we broke up and I started going on this journey of like, okay, who am I? And if you like it, great. And if you don't, you're not the person for me. And there will be people out there for me, but I'm no longer going to be desperate to find those people because I like who I am and I don't want to change that. Yeah, that's so important to stay true to yourself through everything. That's like a huge message throughout health and wellness. And then before we wrap this up, I'm curious because we go through phases in life. We all know this. We go through seasons and changes. And as a coach, a body confidence coach, mindset coach, all of those things, does it scare you to think about the shifts that you'll go through in 10 years from now, 15 years from now? Like how are you going to handle it when it, you know, life starts to throw you stuff too, and you've got to work on your mindset. I think we never really ask coaches that because we go to them for all the answers. So I'm curious to hear when it relates to you, are you like fearful of change or shifts when it comes to all that stuff? No, I think honestly, change is really good in a lot of ways, but we're so conditioned to be afraid of it. We're so conditioned to want control. And I'm definitely somebody who used to thrive on control. But I think that this pandemic has been a really good example of this. You know, before the pandemic, like I said, I was on this hamster wheel of everything. I was exhausted. I was sick. And I just kept saying, I want to start my business. I want to start my business. And literally, I joke that I caused this whole thing. I did not for anybody listening. (laughs) This is not my fault. Alex, that's caused (laughs) COVID-19. We found the answer. But, you know, the week before, I remember saying to my partner, I was like, oh, my gosh, I wish the world would just shut down for like a week so that I could just get my shit together. And then it happened. And what it really made me think of was this fact of we have the power to make a change at any single point in time, but sometimes we get stuck with all these shoulds and we ask people for advice who have never done what we want to do and to begin with, right? And are scared. People always give advice from their own fear and insecurity, right? So we listen to all these other shoulds. We don't make the changes that would be best for ourselves and our lives. And then find ourselves wishing that the world was shut down so we can get off the hamster wheel. And so what I learned is I'm not waiting for the hamster wheel to like, you know, it's like a Ferris wheel ride. I'm not waiting for the ride to stop anymore before I just decide to make a change and get off. And, you know, the way that that applies to my, my body changing is again, who I am is going to continuously change, but that's not linked to my body. And honestly, it's not linked to my identity as an athlete either. I think for a while I made the shift from body to athlete and then linked my identity to that. And then even with, with COVID, it's like, no, 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 that's not who you are. And you're so much more than that. And, you know, I 
also think back to when I did break my back, my body changed a lot. I couldn't move for six months. I couldn't do anything. And now, you know, I'm so grateful for it. And I focus so much on loving it and strengthening it and giving it the nutrients that it needs and really healing it because I think healing is a lifelong process. That's my focus. And my body will change. It won't change, whatever. That's not my focus. But the last thing on that I'll say too is so now while I'm going through these rehab phases, I actually will take a month off at a time during COVID. I've been taking a month off at a time to also show my clients. I practice intuitive eating, uh, you know, but I do have a, a health focus considering I have autoimmune conditions. So, you know, it's, it's both. And not to say intuitive eating doesn't have a health focus, but I am still a little specific with what I eat because I do have so many allergies. I have autoimmune conditions, but I also eat pizza multiple times a week, right? Sweet, <laughs> sweet potato pizza from Whole Foods. Like this is not an ad, but it should be. It's so good. But anyway, um, that being said, you know, I'll take a whole month off at a time just to show my clients that your body doesn't change as much as you think it does. And right. a lot of times our perceptions of our bodies, literally your body will change before your eyes, depending on how you feel about yourself and what's going on in your life in that moment. So, you know, if I, if I have a kid down the line and my body changes, great. Awesome. That's a reflection of the fact that I just brought life into this world and I'm a mom. Super cool. If I break my back again in the future and my body changes, you know what? I'm going to be focused on healing my back, not fixing, quote unquote, fixing my body because your body's not something that needs to be fixed. And I think that mm -hmm. if we approach it with that mentality, your body can change throughout your life, but who you are and your inherent worth doesn't. Wow. That's the best <laughs> note that we could ever end on. So with all that being said, I love that. I love you. Thank you so much for coming on here. Where can the people find you if they want to go talk to you about coaching or social media? Give us all the stuff. Yeah, thanks. So people can find me on Instagram. It's at Alex double underscore cats, K-A-T-Z. And I had to do the double underscore because apparently Alex Katz is also a famous painter. So if you find an account with a lot of paintings and not body confident stuff, that is not me. So it's Alex double underscore Katz, K-A-T-Z. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and spending some time. I love you. I love how real you are. You crack me up. Thanks, Alex. Love you too. Thank you for having me. Of course. Oh, 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 oh,